We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Hello and welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. Now, b- before you panic, no, Nate has not been kidnapped by an intergalactic bounty hunter or eaten alive by a blurg. We're just uh, switching things up this week. My name is Kev and I will be taking over this jam-packed episode where we're going to question the morality of casting James Dean in a movie more than 60 years after his death, do some soul-searching after Pixar's newest trailer, and talk about the launch of Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Specifically, our thoughts on the debut episode of The Mandalorian. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me on the show, we have Jumpin' Jack J-Law. Yo, yo! Ready to jump! And we've also got the narcissistic nerf herder, Nate. <laughs> I don't know about narcissistic, <laughs> I do, yeah. uh, but I am a scruffy-looking nerf, looking nerf yeah, herder. Well, I nerf know, but, for sure. but scruffy-looking doesn't you start know? with an N. And Kevin, I couldn't have said that intro better myself. Thank you so much for that. Hey, no, I'm very excited to be sitting in your chair here. You've kept it nice and warm for me, so that's good. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I actually, these, this my butt doesn't feel as comfortable in these No, you definitely have the comfy chair, <laughs> so yeah, for sure. I might need to upgrade you guys. I feel bad now. <laughs> Um, but uh, let's see how I do here. Uh, a little nervous, but we're going to have some fun. So let's jump right into Whatcha. Justin, what you been up to? Well, I've been uh, I've been watching a lot of stuff. Okay, what you been watching? Caught up with some stuff on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Still mm. been riding that wave. Watched the latest episode of C. Caught the latest episode of The Morning Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've also gotten into Dickinson, which I'm like three episodes in and I'm really loving it. Like, after the recommendation from last week from Nate, a hundred percent. Like I'm, it's it's good. It's very good. And um, for all mankind, I, I in the last podcast I was giving it a kind of like a meh. It's kind of slow. You were very on the fence. Yeah, I, it's gotten interesting. So I'm I'm a little more intrigued now with where the I've story heard is going. I've heard that that one really does get better as you get through the first couple episodes yeah. and really into the meat of the story. Yeah, I'm like I'm actually like really invested in the characters. I was surprised. I didn't think that that one was going to really do that and see obviously the world's expanding but morning show morning show's episode oh. this episode four literally was, the was first great. the first 10 minutes of episode four yeah are just jaw like below the ground yeah it's, like that's it's good. it was they're, incredible they're handling uh, they're handling everything really well um with it and i, I think the, the just to kind of caveat the apple piece last week's episode you know talking about the kind of body of work that apple tv plus is putting out with these sort of social commentaries in different capacities um i'm really intrigued it, it is it is hooking me it's hooking me that much more into this. and each show kind of in its own unique way right like everything is so different and and yes, its own exactly you know so I, I think they're doing a really cool job of branching out and reaching different people yeah. through different genres yeah. and i think with apple tv plus like we're going to get to disney plus soon but uh, i think what apple tv plus has going for it again is is that that drive for watching that content that that makes you think about these things right and i it's very unique compared to the the content offering through through disney plus and again i think kevin last time you mentioned how it's kind of nice or maybe it was you justin it was kind of nice how it's it's just it's it's just those four shows or five shows yeah. we're not you know today Bombarded. right today i i mean i watched a lot of stuff today right, but right, right. i'll get to that um but <laughs> but like you know for the most part like i could imagine somebody having a hard time 
trying to figure out, well, what do I watch on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. So, oh, how do you begin? You got to flip a coin or make a list of all I the want, things you want, want to watch. I want a random and, button. Yes. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think Netflix, yeah. I think Disney Plus could use that. I think it would be That'd awesome. Be cool. That'd be you cool. just click a button and there you go. Yeah, yeah that's actually a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Listen, if you're you listening, know, Disney. Apple, Apple TV definitely did it right in that they're not overwhelming you. It's, you know, here's a few things. Check out what you like and we'll slowly introduce you to more stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. And then on Nate's recommendation, I've been watching The Watchmen. Mm. which, you know, it's kind of a slow burn right into it. It's kind of confusing. It, it has, I hate to reference it, but it does have that lost, like, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on. There's characters. You're intrigued by these characters. You want to know where the story is going. And now it's starting to connect a little bit more to the movies, which I'm starting to appreciate. So that that in itself is helping me pull in a little bit more. And that's still one that I have not started yet mm-hmm. for shame. So I am, I'm looking forward to it and I will get there eventually. But you there's will, just so much going on. You will watch The Watchmen. I will Watchmen. watch yeah, The Watchmen exactly. eventually. I, have to, I still have to see the movie. I think if I watch the movie, it's going to give me a better... 100%. And now that we've reached like the halfway point for this season, yeah. I think it might be a good time to it's, it's very make integral. sure I've seen it's it. It's very integral just to understand it. So, Or at least the comics. You know, yeah. To that, to that degree. I'm going to read the whole comics before the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Hey, let me tell you, if, once you start, you won't put it down. Really? Oh, it's a really But it's also like read. the thickest comic book I've ever seen in it's my a life. Novel. Yeah. It, it puts yeah. a definition to the idea of a graphic novel, but it does also like kind of define what a graphic novel can be in this sort of social political issues but are they, but are they political they're political issues of that time of that time that's what's that's what's okay. really great about it like it, so it's, it's a, a history, history lesson piece. as well exactly yeah exactly cool. and, but it's obviously exaggerated so no for sure you know well and, and i think you know some of the themes in that are just as relevant today as they were then for a different reason so yeah. there's certainly something to latch on there uh but nate i know we're going to talk a lot about what you've been up to today but how about for the rest of the week in general what you've been up to so um before Disney Plus dropped, um, I did get a chance to watch season, uh, episode one, season, sorry, season four, episode one of Rick and Morty, which was phenomenal. Um, it's, it's incredible how consistent the writers of Rick and Morty are at, at just creating, I mean, Rick and Morty, right? Like that goes without saying, but like, did you guys get a chance to watch that first episode yet? I, truth be told, I haven't actually even finished like season two. Oh, really? So I need to like get through the rest of it, I feel like, before I need to. But like I've watched episodes. I I think for me, um, it's wild to think, but I know I have not gotten to watch it yet. Really? We did so much bloody Rick and Morty getting ready for our big video that went uh, live a few hours before the episode. No spoilers, but it's pretty interesting how some of the parts of our video actually work well within within this episode like it's kind of cool to see i don't know if you guys did you watch a lot of trailers before writing that you and you and sarah not really no no we were going off of what we knew from it so i think it's interesting that you say because i've also heard this the same critique about the the newest episode here is that it does feel just like we're getting right back into rick and morty and Mm. so is that a testament to the writers being able to do that after such a long break or is that long break been beneficial for them to really get the quality that we expect out of the writing from that show. I think, I think it's both. Like, I think this episode was a little too comfortable, a little too safe. Um, but I, I, it was exactly what fans needed after a long break. You almost right? needed yeah. that sort yeah. of light, you know, just dipping your toes, yeah. toes in the pool. And it now was, let's it was get great. Weird. Yeah. A great episode. But but now, like, let's get weirder with it. Let's kind of, especially we've only got four more episodes before yet another break. So I'd love to see if they can stretch stretch out a little bit more and, and do some things that um, might be a little bit more unfamiliar territory for them. I think that would be kind of cool to, to see if they're able to take that on. You know, that last episode of this stretch is going to definitely be a hooker. 
for your for the next. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there might I be mean, hookers involved. Rick, yeah. Rick does Rick does dabble in the prostitution arts. I think at yeah, times. Yeah. So I mean, sure, you know what get I that mean, robot I mean, back I from oh, season well, one. There that go. will get you from the from this season yes, to the next. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, um, I did watch um the beginning of episode two of His Dark Materials before you guys you know surprised me at my door this morning or however long ago that was and uh yeah it was um it's 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 cool i one thing i just want to quickly shout out i noticed at the the opening uh for that show because i didn't really notice it the first time it's very game of thrones like you can tell that they're fully taking their inspiration from that series because like it literally has like like the opening is is moving through these like moving wooden pieces and stuff like that, and it's like okay. I'm wondering if that's I know also I get what you're a, doing. A marketing thing too, because like those sort of sure. things are definitely decisive. Like me, they know what they're doing yeah, exactly. when they do yeah. something yeah. like that. But, but I, I, I think that might be smart. To, well, because you know. it's 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 saying, hey, you like Game of Thrones, you like this too. Because there is that come void out Max. there that you know mm-hmm. that it's not really being capitalized on right now since that show went off the cool. air so it makes sense and uh kevin i would love to know because i've watched everything now um what <laughs> what have you been watching yeah I, I, I just i still am always amazed where you find the time to uh <laughs> i, I to know watch i was actually amazed. It's impressive it's i was amazed at how much i was actually able to watch yeah yeah maybe i shouldn't be planning a wedding because it is definitely getting in the way of me watching <laughs> stuff just skip that part yeah it's fine know, no whatever. let the wedding figure just figure it, it itself yeah it's, it's good enough it. for now whatever happens Wing happens it. Um, so oddly enough, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago that I was, uh, going back and watching Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. So I finally did finish that. Yeah. It was kind of my before going to sleep show. And it was really problematic because suddenly I'd be watching six or seven episodes and oh, it'd be that's two hours yes. of, you know, I was, oh, I'll watch one and go to sleep. And all of a sudden it's three 30 in the morning. Like, okay, no, but so now I'm finally done. I think that the finale was fantastic and is underappreciated. And if you're fans of the show, it's, I appreciated it. I think it was so yeah. great. It's one of the most controversial season finales of all time just because of how big the show was. And so it was cool to watch it all really quickly like I did mm-hmm. and get right to that punch. punch. And, I'm and trying to still, remember. That's like the courthouse. It's the big yeah. courthouse one. Yeah. Yeah. So, you okay. know, in that episode, I found it really interesting why people didn't necessarily take to it because it pretty much summarizes that these people are bad people. Like they've like they've done ho- they've done things, pretty bad things, things. to people <laughs> over the years, and now they're you know getting their comeuppance for exactly. it. Exactly, it was the it was kind of the perfect close. Exactly, and a show about nothing should just sort of end where they're sitting in jail talking about the second top button on a shirt, you just know? like they did in the first in the one. very first episode, yeah. right? So it was a cool callback to that, and um, so yeah, I guess that's watch show. Why don't we move into the news, guys? It's all about the details. Okay, our first story comes from Dirk Libby over at Cinema Blend. Uh, Today we were treated to our first look at the completely redesigned Sonic the Hedgehog following an uproar of backlash from fans who were not pleased with the character's original design. Libby breaks down all of the character's new aesthetics, which included his eyes, his hands, his teeth, and the general proportions of the furry speed demon. Uh, What do we think of the new Sonic, and are we more excited about the movie following these changes? To begin with, I wasn't even excited for this movie, but I did think that he looked weird. He did look weird. They they added too much of, like, a human element, because I know they're trying to... His teeth. Yeah, his teeth and and his eyes. I found his eyes leaned too much towards, like, a human side, which made it really creepy. Even everything, even his fingers were, like, too long, and everything about it just felt off. And it looks a lot better. He does look a lot better, I think. I, I actually thought this whole trailer was a lot better it, than the you first you got one. some serious sonic vibes when yeah. he's running through the rings and, and the music he, choice was so much better right yeah. like supersonic like I, I just thought the whole like especially um like even though the trailer was like way too long and still gave away way too much way too much it was i thought it was still kind of um 
I don't know. I thought it was fun. I thought the Jim Carrey moments were better in this one than I think that whoever cut that last trailer just, I think they rushed it. I think they, it was bought, you know, a the, show. the last trailer had the same problem where there was just too much shown in it. I don't know. It's just a testament right now to how movies are marketed when it shows that the studio doesn't have faith in the movie actually being able to pull on a return. So they just overhype it. Now, but wouldn't you argue that they clearly have faith in in this movie to have done all the work that they just did to redesign it? Or is this like a desperate, desperate move? Maybe a little both? I I, I appreciated, though, that the they added that that line. I don't know if the line was in the original movie or not, um, but in the trailer, and it might not even be in the movie, but in the trailer, he, you know, he says, uh, I'm a little ball of energy uh, in an extremely handsome package. Like that kind of wink and nod to say like, hey, like we did it. We got Sonic well, That's certainly right. one thing I think is anybody who did complain about this better go and buy a ticket. Well, yeah, no, you owe the studio no, that much to go and see the movie. You that's know? the thing, though. If this still bombs, I'm going to feel bad because we won't – this could change the way studios interact with audiences and maybe get feedback and maybe listen to complaints or concerns that people might have. I mean, it could be a good or bad thing depending on how it goes. I think yeah. this is going to be a very experimental and, and – interesting movie to see when it comes out you're 100 right though it's it's a cool sort of thing that the studio actually took the feedback and saw that it was like hugely unanimous that you know sonic didn't look right and they said you know what we're gonna we're gonna put the effort in and we're gonna make this right but i also think that to get that immediate reaction you're like okay well what else are we gonna do we might as well change him so that we can at least guarantee that to your point the people that did complain you're capitalizing on at least them going to see it but what else are couples going to watch on valentine's day next year <laughs> i know so cute you know? right well it's, it's interesting there's a bro romance. it's interesting you say yeah. that though as, as uh, maybe in trailer time we'll look at a few uh, romantic options for okay. couples so okay yeah well, so we'll, we'll get there uh, but perhaps we'll move on to our next uh, piece of news jason guisero from business insider reports that 64 years after james dean's death the actor will star in a new movie while some in hollywood are horrified the advances in visual effects would make this commonplace. Uh, guys, do we think there are moral implications that must be considered when using the likeness of a deceased actor? Uh, and is Hollywood over overstepping certain boundaries with a move like this? 100%. Did his family, like, did they come out with, the, with like, uh, James Dean? Did, was there any... From what I've heard, they are fully okay with this. But, like, this who, is a movie is that they is, believe... like, direct family, or is it, like... Well, it's Descendants. I mean, 64 years later, that's tough, right? So, yeah. I mean, who would that actually be? I haven't seen directly who the family yeah. that are signing but off full, on this. I don't know, a full movie... But is it creepy to be dabbling in this resurrecting people? Do we do we that. not have talented enough actors and actresses Cast throughout Hollywood? James that, Franco. You know... <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah either, that but cool. unless it's a biography, well, they, they you have, don't need it to be that. James Dean, right? Right? Why is it necessary to have James Dean portray this character? Right. It's not like it's not like Quentin Tarantino had someone that you know was CGI to look like Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Like he found an actor that could capture the nuance, which is almost more interesting than trying to physically, visually re-represent someone who's passed. Although that was another representation that did not go over well, well with the family. that is true. I know, that is and true. I think they missed the joke there because yeah. that scene was great. But. Who's making this movie? Uh, actually, I, I have heard that they're lesser-known filmmakers who don't really have much of a, a, a credit or IMDb list or anything to their name. And okay. so that's yeah. been a lot of the, the pushback so far is that are these guys just trying to make a name for themselves by doing something like this? That's interesting. You know? Anton Ernst and Tati... I'm not even going to try and pronounce the last name, but yeah, yeah, the IMDb has got nothing on these guys. So, so here are these guys. Are they just trying to make a splash in in a controversial way but to, like, to it get just recognition? Seems like such a that's such a 
that's such a huge undertaking to try and pull that off. Like, and like, and why, why the star of the movie? Like maybe like to the point where it's like, yeah, Tarkin amount of seeing him, right? Like that's fine. But like, why make him the, the lead yeah. in a film? It well, just with, seems with like- deep fakes now, are you, I'm not as concerned that this isn't going to look like James Dean is alive and well and acting in this movie. I think yeah. that, that just those two years since they did the Tarkin thing, but, but they can't but even Jeff Bridges and Tron, like but where's the, the they did younger version. It, right. It looked so weird. But where's the morality in like, like, do you, you don't, you don't credit James Dean in this movie. Like James Dean is, you know, up for awards in this movie, right? The guy who plays the body of James Dean is up for him. Well, he's, so not, he's, he's probably wouldn't. If the, yeah. the idea too is if they do go on this whole idea of like, it's James Dean, right? Like that's kind of weird as well, right? Well, like, and then what if to your point, the performance is amazing yeah. and it should be right. nominated. And we've and we're we're dealing with a whole different can of worms. Andy Serkis style. The Academy wouldn't do it. They well, if they weren't going to give it to Andy Serkis, you know, yeah, right? Exactly. Or, but then, like, is it like David Prowse, like all over again, like with Darth Vader? You know what I mean? Like, it's James Earl Jones is Darth Vader, right? But David Prowse is the body of Darth Vader. Like, I don't know. It just seems so weird. I don't know. Yeah, it, this 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 seems like it could open up things that we don't need in, in movies. Again, and, there are enough actors yeah. in the world that we could write stories around. And Kevin, what's your favorite James Dean movie? Uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, never mind. I would say Rebel Without a Cause. I I was, I was, I've never seen a James Dean movie. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. That's what I mean. Hey, I mean, he only did three before he passed away very, very young. Okay, yeah, but how does, does this get people's butts in seats? Like, I'm not like, oh, a James Dean. Like, I had to literally, like, I know the name James Dean, but like, I had to look this up. Okay, like, but fine. I mean, even this might be still a, a before your time, but yeah. what if they do it with River Phoenix? Okay. Another young, talented actor who passed away very young before. River Phoenix. Yeah, no, I know. Joaquin but, Phoenix's brother. Right. And who's so, in that movie about the kids walking across train tracks or whatever. Stand by me. He just called <laughs> I'm I'm shaking my head at this point. <laughs> just, you know. But so, but where do they, you yeah. know, and what if the next movie they want, what, the next actor they want is Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah. Is that going to, you know, there's somebody who would be far more relevant. And well, and, I think and, I think to but see, I would wa- I would be interested. Would, I'd be, be more interested yeah, in see that because yeah. you know him. Yeah, yeah, you know him. I mean, I'm not sure that there are 65 year old people out there going, "Oh, a new James Dean movie's coming out." But you is know? this is this? I think this will be a, a testing ground for do people want this or not? Because I think to your point, Kevin, I think the technology is almost there, if not there, and so it's like that's scary. That's scary it's for terrifying. people, man. That's scary yeah. for actors because it's like. Now all of a sudden you're just competing with computers, and eventually we just need voices. Absolutely, I think this is just the beginning for this kind of uh, crisis in morality in terms of what technology is used for in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Another one in the world of controversy uh, comes from Sam Stone over at CBR.com, who says that Frozen Two will see its main character, the Ice Queen herself, Elsa set out to discover the true origins of her ice powers with the character facing the reality of climate change and how far her abilities may give her a purpose to set things right. So it sounds like uh, climate change might be a major theme in the newest Frozen movie set to hit theaters later next week. Uh, Do we think such a controversial topic is a wise move to include in a family movie? Uh, And how will some moviegoers react to that? I think Disney does that best, right? Disney and Pixar? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, I think their their movies are known for for being able to bring those topics to wider audiences and to kids specifically. Um, I do think uh, that, you know, you've just spoiled the whole movie now. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Climate change. To Nate's point, it it is kind of customary, but it's also 
you know, it is a very hot topic right now. Right. So. I mean, I know they deal with with difficult subjects that that are you know with race and and mm-hmm. death and 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 family dynamics and whatnot. But you know, this is almost like the equivalent of making a movie about vaccinations, right? This is mm. more of a controversial, sure. polarizing thing in in society where. You know, there are two very opposing opinions on but you, on just whether climate change is a real thing, whether we should be focusing on yeah. it. And so are there going to be parents who do not believe in the whole climate change thing oh, who say, sure. why are you trying to brainwash my kid with a little movie about Kevin. snowmen? I don't think Disney's too worried about they've they've been pushing the climate change thing for a very long time. Right. So I don't think they're too worried about losing any any money on Frozen no, 2. Yeah, absolutely. And then they don't have to. They can take bold chances with their, you know, what they want to comment on and how they want to comment. And I, I hope it's successful. Like, I hope I know it will be. But like, I hope it's I hope I hope it's better than Frozen 1 in in how much it does. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think there's a chance that it won't be um, just because it is yeah, a sequel. And a it, sequel. it all sequels have that. Right. But I think it would be cool if this was one where where we could confidently say, like, yes, this sequel is better than the first one, especially if it is pushing that kind of message so that we can kind of get more topics like this raised up. Again, we've just been talking about Apple TV Plus and just how in, conversation, how starters. conversation yeah. starters, right? And how they, they start conversations about things that we should be talking about. So right. I think that would be cool if Disney can do that as well with some of these animated films. And I think to Nate's point, like we've talked offline about this where, you know, it's the audience that watched Frozen is now so much older. Yeah, and they're ready story, to expand the story on the story needs and the to kind of expand grown up. and grow with them. Right. So that audience needs to be recaptured while also capturing a new audience. So awesome. I also great. think this is a, a, a wonderful time to uh, mention that you should keep an eye on the channel next week. If you're fans of Frozen, because we might just have a little something, something up our magical sleeves. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I just got chills. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but until then, we'll let it go and uh, move on to our next topic. <laughs> Smooth. Oh, man, love is an open door. OK, that didn't work. All right. <laughs> Uh, and finally, while Last Jedi remains the most controversial entry in all of the Star Wars cinematic universe... You mean the best one? Sorry, go ahead. Depending on who you ask, absolutely. <laughs> um, Corey Chicksola from Cinema Blend reports that Episode 8 will have a significant influence on Episode 9. Uh, Chicksola quotes director J.J. Abrams of saying that in Episode 7, I was adhering to a kind of approach that felt right for Star Wars in my head, but that after seeing the risks Ryan Johnson took with Episode 8... I found myself doing things that I'm not sure I would have been as daring to do in episode seven. Yes. Yeah. So what do we think this means tonally and story-wise for episode nine? And given our different levels of appreciation for Last Jedi, is this a good thing or not? It's a great thing. Well, I think we, we, we touched on this in our podcast when we we broke it down, the, uh, the trailer. And we talked about briefly like uh, how J.J. was very much inspired by how Ryan Johnson took a different approach aesthetically and tonally. With the Star Wars movie, and I think a hundred percent, I'm I'm down for him to do that. But I just don't think the story was there for Episode Eight, and JJ has a good sense of how to navigate a narrative like that. But I think, um, and you know, we're going to be talking about the Mandalorian later. But I think just I love just seeing risks being taken with these with these franchises that are so old that they that we know these stories inside and out. So getting a chance to like hearing him say that, I'm just like, oh, I if I if I wasn't anticipating this movie enough, like okay. I am, I'm so stoked for that. I, I definitely that. thought, based on what we've talked about in in yeah. podcasts past, this seems like the the perfect sort perfect. of quote. And and I think one of the problems with Episode Seven is that 
he didn't take enough chances with the story. Right, exactly. Whereas in episode eight, Johnson might have taken a few too many chances and risks with the tone mm. and and the feeling of a Star Wars film. So if JJ can sort of keep that Star Wars nostalgic feel and also take some chances, if there's you know if he's yeah. able to blend it, yeah. this could be just movie magic. I I remember when like just probably four or five months ago, I did a a rewatch of all the movies. Hmm. Um, well, just just the two, actually. Sorry. On, on, yeah, probably like Star Wars Day, actually. I think I watched seven and eight back to back. And what stood out to me is how much seven aesthetically just looked like a new hope, like just through the lens. And The Last Jedi just took different choices with the way it visually framed things up and how it, you know, composed its image and stuff like that. It just... There was a traditional feel to JJ's style in, in Force Awakens that Ryan Johnson kind of just took his own in, interpretation with and went a different direction, which I think is great. So I'm so happy that JJ's at least inspired to try something different rather than just kind of trying to keep it very familiar. He's already done that. Yeah. Now he can be different. Yeah. And he's but he's blending it. He's yeah, he's, he's, he's blending he's it. Taking a balance. All right. I think it's like the force itself. Oh. Balance. Very nice. One must and, have. and we only have five weeks to wait and see just what uh they all have in store for that us. That marathon is going to be insane. Well, you know, there was a lot of controversy in the news there. Uh, so why don't we go to something maybe we'll all be able to agree on a little bit more. And we'll uh, head on down to trailer time. It's trailer time. All right. Our first trailer comes to us uh, from director Tony Cervone. Cervone? I'm going to say no, yes. Yeah, Tony Beer. Uh, Tony Cervone <laughs> uh, and is starring Will Forte, Frank Welker, Zach Efron, and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, we've got Scoob. The movie sees Scooby and the gang face their most challenging mystery ever, a plot to unleash the ghost dog Cerberus upon the world. This one gets unleashed May 15th, 2020. Yeah, I see what you did there. I also like how in your note it says Zach Effie. Zach Effie. Yeah, yes. that's what I like to call him too. Yeah. My boy. My boy Zach Effie. What up, Effie? <laughs> um, uh, Scoob. Uh, first of all, the trailer or the the title, Scoob. <laughs> not a like fan. Not a fan. Neat, sounds neat title. It's not what? No, yeah. it sounds uncomfortable. Well, I just feel like it's like one of those things. Like, remember when you did the uh, the horror recast? You called it the factory. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sure. Like one <laughs> one syllable is popular. Sure. With yeah. with movie titles. Scoob. Scoob. And I get it. Like that's what he like. Scoob. You know. Like that's what he says. Oh, like um, so like Scoob. There you go. There See, you that's go. why you okay, did the voice. Why? Well, I, that's got to be my biggest complaint. I'm just gonna jump in, cut you off. I don't care. Sure. I do not like Will Forte as Shaggy. Yeah. It didn't sound enough like him at all, I thought. Yeah, it, it was... Um, they, I feel like they softened the voices for both, though, right? Like, well, when does Shaggy or when does Scooby talk and fully that, articulate so sentences like I that? I hated that. Like, I, as soon as he started, like, having a full, like, you know, full sentences, like, it was just so weird. Like, I'm like, he's... he's he, that's not Scooby-Doo. Like, that's not what he should... The whole fun part about Scooby-Doo is that he, like, he mimes things out and he, he acts along and, he, and, it's, and it's, it's the fact that he can't talk is kind of funny. The fact that he's, like, a full-talking character... And granted, like, Frank Welker has done the voice since, like, 2003. So, like, it's, it's still Scooby-Doo. But, like, I just feel like someone was like, nah, he's not talking enough. Let's get him. Like, I think maybe he's too central a character in this iteration in that he's going to be in most scenes right. talking with Shaggy the most yeah, yeah. versus the, you know, the mystery gang. And yeah. so they almost need him because to carry it's a, a movie bit more. they need to, but I mean, I don't know. Did the, I can't remember the live action one. Did he talk a lot in that one? No, no. but that, that you also have four, you know, young stars carrying right. the picture and right, Scooby right. was, you know, a fun 
tag you know, along. Exactly. Well, but I, I think to Nate's point, the appeal to Scooby-Doo from the cartoons and, and other iterations is that he doesn't talk. It almost seems like it's something that Shaggy just kind of hears yeah. and interacts with. It's the fun and, part. You know what I mean? Like, it don't, they have a personal relationship and it, you know, maybe maybe they play that up, you know, kind of like a Stewie in Family Guy where, like, some characters can hear him, but not everybody can really understand him. But maybe what we're seeing is more the interactions between Shaggy and him because he's having that dialogue because he's, you know. This Shaggy. movie will be on Netflix in, like, a week after it's been released. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I don't. Yeah, I don't really, you're not. You're not. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely wasn't like I wasn't asking for a Scooby Doo movie, but I know that you who know. was. No, and and this, and even though I wasn't, this certainly didn't go. Oh, maybe I do want yeah, one. And I know, I, like, listen, we're being really harsh on it. Like, I get it. It's like a kids movie, right? Like, right. That right. it's kids are gonna love it. Kids are gonna enjoy it. Whatever they'll they'll get the toy at McDonald's or whatever. But it's like it. it I just feel like it. There's so many better avenues to to even redo this story than than movies. Right. Like we're talking about all these streaming services, like go there, like, like give it a fresh take. This, this feels like something that like came out years ago. <laughs> I agree. I would agree with you there. Yeah. It, it feels like a dated attempt at, at reinvigorating the franchise. Capitalizing. Right. Even if Zach Effie's in it. So oh, Zach Effie. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, movies that are trying to uh, get some nostalgia and, 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 uh, and capitalizing on an older title, we've got uh, fantasy Island, Directed by Jeff Wadlow and starring Michael Pena, Kim Coates, and Michael Rooker. Rooker? Okay. Rooker. Rooker. Yeah, yeah. From, uh, who, uh, interestingly enough, we didn't see either of those two in the trailer. Or did we? Yes, maybe we did, but not uh, in a recognizable way. Uh, essentially, this is a horror adaptation of the popular 1970s TV show about a magical island resort. This one is sure to make for a romantic evening on February 14th, 2020. <laughs> So like I well I was gonna ask like is this a remake right like I I I've never heard of the show when did that show happen Z plane Z plane no. no you didn't know was uh, that an Indiana Jones thing that you just remember No it was it was a TV show <laughs> Okay um, a Fantasy Island because Ricardo I thought, Ricardo Montalban I believe I thought this yeah. was gonna be like a Disney thing like I didn't when I heard of the title Fantasy Island I thought is that a Disney is Fantasy Island Yeah, yeah you would <laughs> Disney Plus head <laughs> um, is that the that's what we're called now um, No I I thought the trailer like every trailer gave a lot, way too much away. I think yeah. this movie would have really done well, especially for people like myself who have never heard of the original show. Uh, I think would have done better to leave a lot more mystery, but it's that's what movie trailers do. They ruin these movies. Well, I, I think, you know, it's very tongue in cheek that it's kind of dealing with like these, this, you know, kind of romantic island. It's on a yeah. know, Valentine's day, you know, and, but it's a horror movie because February seems to be the month for horror movies. Um, yeah, but it, it doesn't, Which is I weird. don't know. I, I, yeah, it is weird, but that's not weird, I guess, but it's more or less, it's just appropriate that, you know, it's, it's sprinkled throughout the year rather than like, I guess point. how many movies can, can you fit in October, right? right exactly. Without competing with something that you're not going to win. Yeah, against? What are the, all these horror movies going to come out in like, uh, you know, four, you know, four Fridays in a month. And then it's like, you know, six movies are pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, cause you keep, we've been talking about this a lot and how yeah. many of these horror movies are coming out well after Halloween and mm -hmm. into the new year and into a, a month that, you know, yeah. most people don't picture as a, as a scary or spooky or, but I get spreading out over the years so that yeah. you're not all competing with each other. But that's exactly what all of these horror movies look like they're going to well, end up doing. Especially in the fact that like it, they're, they're all around like Valentine's Day, right? So I'm more excited the fact that Michael Rooker is in this. Like I love Michael Rooker, yeah, like in The Walking Dead and of yeah. course Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Do we right? think maybe he's sort of the big bad walking around? I, I hope, I hope he's, I hope he's, n well... 
I hope he is a character that gets more screen time than what a normal villain would get, uh, or at least a mysterious villain like that. Like if they if they can get him, because I just love him whenever he talks. Like he's just the like most charming, funny. He would certainly be wasted you know. if he isn't in a speaking yeah, role. Yeah, if here. he's got like yeah. a mask on the whole time and it's just his bot. Like it'd just be a big waste. Kim Kim Coates is is an actor who I really appreciate in in a similar way. So mm-hmm. I would be interested to see what kind of role he's got here. Yeah, what uh, what has he been in? Um, I'd say most famously he was in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, yes, and Ooh, then that's uh, kind of an interesting dynamic then with Rooker. Yes, like, oh, they're very they're very similar, like gritty character mm-hmm. actors. Um, cool. Yeah, so. Okay. Uh, but speaking of movies coming out in February with a horror theme, we've also got coming out uh, the week after or two weeks later on February 28th, uh, Invisible Man, directed by Lee Whannell and starring Elizabeth Moss and Oliver Jackson Cohen. This is a new take on the H.G. Wells novel. Uh, essentially, we get main character Cecilia's abusive ex. Uh, he takes his own life and leaves her a fortune. However, she suspects that that might not be the truth as haunting events begin to happen to her and no one believes her. Hmm. So, guys, is this uh, one we want to check out, or I'm going to be, you know, who, I, I'll be invisible in the theater, and that I will not be there <laughs> really? for this one. Yeah, I actually I love Elizabeth Moss. Like it, she's um, she's in The Handmaid's Tale, and she's just incredible in that. So to see her play a character, because in The Hand, Handmaid's Tale, they they play a little bit of that. Um, duality with her character in terms of like, does she kind of break at one point? But in this, she's going full, full crazy, suspicious crazy. So um, I well, think she's just got those eyes for it. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I think definitely. it's going to be, I think she's going to be a really cool fit for that role. But I think the writing around her in this movie um, is going to be disappointing. Visually, it looked really interesting. But up to the end of that trailer, I was just like, oh, okay. I'm, I might check this out. But and then, then they the, showed yeah. all this stuff at the end, and it's like... Yeah, there were some very... Don't watch the trailer if you want to watch this movie. Yeah, because they, there again. is a character who looks like he's going to be integral as a as a pretty primary yeah. side character, yeah. and it looks like he gets... He gets shot in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. No, but that's what I mean, right? Like, you, you, they, they've... In the last seconds of that trailer, it just went and gave you It everything. was like the last, like, like point two, like 2.5 seconds <laughs> that they, they literally just flash, 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 and you're like... That was so unnecessary. Like we didn't, we didn't need this. I was already in at that point, and then yeah, that's ridiculous. I've got to say, this is a little disappointing. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was looking forward to there being the Universal Monsters universe. Well, is this part of that? Is this? I think that's dead in the water, right? But, but is this also? Is this? Is this still the uh, Invisible Man? What would have been universal? a character in that? But, but is this but, Universal doing this? Movie? Uh, I'm not sure. We can definitely well, look that it's, up. Uh, it's it's Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse, right? But. But Bloomhouse was behind Get Out. Uh, Get Out was a big success for Universal, so I bet you there's a there's there's a partnership. They work there. well there, yeah. yeah. And most movies have multiple right. production houses yeah. and, and in charge of it. But I do it, not. It is Universal. Yeah. Right, but I don't think it's going to be part no, of no, an no. overall yeah. universe right. as the second movie next to right. um, what was it the last movie. year's The Mummy, right? Yeah. Well, because they were going to go dark dark universe and that's dead in the water yes um, but they still have those those properties and they still want to do things but so what we're going to get is individual standalone films yeah. that that don't, don't connect that don't connect and get worse in quality as we go through but I think, the mummy was okay this looks significantly worse the mummy was but again bad. these are these that's these you got these big studios trying to say like oh look what marvel's doing like we should we should try that and dc couldn't do it and universal can't do it like i don't know it just feels like 
no one else can. But that would have been so different than another superhero universe. Right. Yeah, but like, it just I think it's the potential just... there is, was, was could have been really cool. Imagine a horror based yeah. connected universe. Yeah. You know, but that they, could have been really they just, cool. They fall flat. It's it's almost as if they lack soul. Oh, that's an interesting take because the next trailer we're going to look at certainly didn't lack any soul. This one is from Pixar. Comes, what's, it, what's it called? Well, it's called Soul. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so directed by Pete Docter and Kemp Powers and starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, and with an appearance from Pixar mainstay, John Ratzenberger. Yeah. This one features a musician who has lost his passion for music and is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. This one is set to make us all weep and cry uncontrollably on June 19th, 2020. I'm already crying. Yeah, Nate, Nate's going to be bringing like a big box of tissue and just sitting there. Instead of popcorn, it'll just be tissue. Well, and so is this going to be, you know, this generation's ghost dad where the character passes away and is... Oh, interesting. You know, interesting. It's, it's See, I, I had it pegged from watching the trailer. I had it pegged as... Uh, like almost the other Pixar movies, like uh, Inside Out meets Finding Nemo. You know what I mean? Like they're try- maybe they're trying to get him back to his body, and then like um, the Tina Fey character is is kind of like a Dory. Like you already get that from the the vibe of this trailer oh, when absolutely. you meet her. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, I oh, I'm just so happy that that this is kind of restoring my faith after seeing their their few trailers of Onward. Like just the the look of this is just feels more classic, classic Pixar. Pixar, absolutely. Um, but it, it it did still feel very inside out. Like just the the whole look of it. Um, it it'll be interesting to see how they how they are, if they're able to differentiate that enough from from I, Inside Out. I don't think they're I don't think their intention is to differentiate it. I think mm. it's to kind of draw on a theme because I, I didn't. Do you think they're in the same universe? I think so. Ooh. I think that they're also. Um, I think it, it's it's, it's kind of in, it's connected. I, I, I didn't get a chance to look at it, but I, I think the maybe I would be interested to see if the writers or the director did come directly. Well, Pete Inside Doctor, out. yeah, Pete Doctor directed Inside Out, right? And what about and the writers? Soul. Oh, I don't know about the writers. Okay. Yeah. But like it just in terms of like again that overall direction, that overall feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think they did a lot with with Inside Out that was successful. It really had people kind of looking inward. Mm-hmm. Um, who's who's so the writers? Uh, it's Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, and Kent Powers. So Pete Doctor obviously um, directed Inside Out. Yes. Uh, but so uh, Mike Jones worked has done work on Incredibles 2 and okay. Toy Story 4 and Coco. Yep. Um, so you got, so, yeah, definitely Coco yeah, vibes, Coco soul. Vibes, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But if it's Jamie Foxx, like I'm so excited to see what the soundtrack's going to be for this movie. Like in a year where we're getting Frozen 2 and obviously there's going to be huge expectations on what that soundtrack is going to be like. Um, it'll be cool to, or I guess, no, it'll be, it'll be the year after Frozen. Frozen 2 is coming out this year, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So like, you know, just after Frozen 2 though, as like, kind of the next animated thing that we see from the Disney universe. Um, yeah, I think it'll be cool to to hear that that soundtrack from Jamie Foxx. Yeah, and, and while the Soul central music. theme won't be about the music, I think this will be their chance to look at jazz music and soul music oh, in, so in a cool. fun Pixar yeah. way, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's very much like, it, to Nate's point, it, it has a lot of the, you know, themes and the aesthetic of, of a, a Pixar movie, the formula, if you will, of a Pixar movie. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, they kind of move from inside out into this sort of new story about something inside and in you and uh, something very, very integral to all of us having a soul. Um, so I think it's going to touch on some some stuff that's going to kind of, again, generate some talk with, mm. with audiences. Where do we go when we die? 
you know, how do you answer yeah. when you, like you guys don't have kids? Um, I have four, uh, and one of them recently <laughs> asked, no, uh, but like, you know, for those, for those parents who have ever had to answer that question, where do you go when you die? Um, that's going to be interesting to see how they tackle that and, yeah. and still stay, you know, I think that's maybe even more than climate change, a more divisive I topic. See, I already see the sad part being that, that the infant child is a soul that won't be able to come back, but he won't be able to. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's the what's the Jeez. terribly sad part of uh, Inside Out? The the what's the character's name? Oh right, um, oh it's been so long since I've seen it. Oh uh, uh, oh, Bing Bong. You know. Oh, oh don't yeah. bring up Bing Bong. <laughs> yeah, right? Jeez. Yeah. So what? Like they're gonna that character and Bing Bong are gonna ha- like meet and they're gonna hang out. No, maybe. I just think maybe no, this like, is another Bing Bong. To your that, point, you know, though, she yeah. waves to him oh, goodbye no, from the dark I abyss can't at the do end. That again. I can't yeah. do no, but to, to Nate's point, there's always gonna be that thing that's gonna really make you cry, really make you think. I hope so. The other option too is that he sacrifices himself so that the infant one could then pass. There right? we go. Yeah, I don't um, think it's a good Pixar. But as long as she plays piano. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, one thing that didn't make us cry uh, is the launch of Disney Plus, which we will now talk about in our topic of the show. All right, streaming services beware. Disney Plus is here, and the excitement from fans has sent the streaming service. Uh, itself in disarray with the network service crashing all over the place. I don't know if you guys have been uh, following this today, but I'm getting complaints from all over the world about people who are going, it keeps freezing on me. Yeah. So oh, yeah. nobody, Nobody's had a successful time with it. I tried to not watch the like big priority things. I went through and tried to find things that I didn't think people were going to be like. Uh, to start the day so, off? Yeah, sort of- it's interesting. They must be putting these on different servers because I noticed that too where – the the originals that they have were having trouble loading a lot of the times. But like, if you want to watch, like I watch some Recess, you know, I watch some, uh, I watch Smart Guy, like I watch, you know, like all these shows and those were loading no problem. Like well, the original X-Men. I think it's also traffic, right? Like yeah. they, they could all be centralized in one area, but let's say all, all the original stuff to Nate's points on one server and all the traffic's going there. It's going to cause a traffic jam, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I th- and I think we sort of expected that, mm-hmm. which is why we patiently waited a few hours after launch um, so that we were able to get a nice, consistent stream of the show uh, that I think we can all agree we were looking forward to the most. Uh, and not just from the launch of Disney Plus itself, but with Apple TV Plus last week and just about anything in the, wa- uh, the world of pop culture fandom, this was what we were looking forward to the most. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about The Mandalorian. Oh yeah, dude, dude! I'm still, I'm buzzing. Okay, so from this this first episode, you know, we we first saw the trailer for this in Chicago with Star Wars Celebration, and yeah. I think even you know, or in a lot of ways, just as much as that episode nine trailer, this had people talking and really excited for not just Star Wars but Disney Plus. I think this was kind of Disney's main selling point of the service coming out today. It's so. the morning show for Disney Plus for there, sure. Absolutely, yeah. Getting into like just the you mentioned Chicago. We got to see the scene uh, with Werner Herzog uh, where, you know, he's kind of giving him that next job. And uh, and watching that scene out of context, it just really didn't. It kind of fell flat a it little. It fell so flat in Chicago where I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and then get, obviously the trailers helped to pick me back up for excitement. Um, and it was it, it, it was much better, I think, in, in this first episode, that scene. 
Oh, it, it, that one flew by. I was, I was, like, yeah. I, it felt like it eight felt times much longer. shorter. Yeah. yeah, longer in Chicago. Yeah, um, yeah. absolutely. But so uh, we will talk about the show without oh. spoilers to begin with. Yes, we'll sort of give our first impressions here, and then we'll move into our sort of more spoilery review. We will warn you just in case you haven't seen it. But if you haven't, want to run out really quickly. Check it out. Stream it. Come back in thirty-eight minutes and join us for our thoughts. Okay. But you have been warned. We will slowly get into our spoiler reviews. But uh, first impressions, guys. I think it felt a little clunky, but it had all the right sort of beats to it that felt Star Wars with some new stuff. So I was really intrigued, but I also was just kind of like, you know, just certain parts and transitions, like both like a literal visual transition that just caught me off guard, but also just the mood, the tempo, the tone of how things, how we moved through this world. Uh, just felt very mishmash. It's like smashed together. It was a very pilot episode, uh, in my opinion. Hmm. Like they could have, they could have maybe dialed that back a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, I I did feel like it's interesting because you both aren't as familiar with Star Wars TV, I guess, right? Like you haven't watched too much Clone Wars, too much Rebels. I myself have not. Or, I've watched, or Resistance. I've watched some Clone Wars. You've watched not, some Clone Wars, not, not Resistance. So it's interesting because the Clone Wars, um, when that first came out, it was very you know, monster of the week, episode to episode to episode, very, you know, one-off story arcs. Um, and then every now and then they would get to an, a story arc that lasts maybe two episodes or three episodes. As it started to progress into its later seasons, it started doing an overall arcing storyline that if you didn't watch the episode prior, you'd just be, you'd be completely lost. And I love that that's how this sort of, this feels like that. And I mean, I'm not spoiling anything, but this clearly after watching this episode, you know, it's not going to be a, a, a monster of the week. It's going to be a right. continuous storyline. I, I absolutely thought it was going to kind of really? be a bounty of the week no. show. You yeah, know? Think, and then they threw you for a loop about halfway through. You realized that maybe they were going to focus a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. Do we think some of the early struggles from the episode, again, I, I'm not saying in a bad way or anything like that, but do we think it's really tough to start off a TV show where your main character says about 10 words the whole episode? Mm-hmm. Is that maybe something that was lacking from the episode to give us a little bit easier transition into this world? Well, I think the thing that's interesting about it is that he didn't say much at the beginning and then suddenly he was talking like, you know, a lot more. We heard his voice a lot more. He was kind of very elusive and wasn't saying much and just these sort of one word answers or very dry responses. And then as the episode evolved, we saw some, I think we, I would say personality. Yes, I, I definitely think we're getting some personality, and there is a lot going on under that helmet, I think. Oh, yeah. um, he's not just a, a stone-cold jerk, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're just getting started in exploring that, but there were just several little instances throughout, uh, be it a flashback here or a, an interaction with a character that made mm-hmm. you realize that this isn't uh, maybe the character we some of us expected him to be in a well, lot of ways. Talking about tone, I, I think we talked about the music from the trailer uh, in one of our previous episodes, but did, did you like the music here a bit better? I, I did. I thought it was, I thought it was, again, it actually did feel, it felt more TV, which I, I was okay with. Like this is a TV show. Um, but I, I, it was interesting because at one point I, there's some electric guitar being played and I'm like, is John Williams playing the electric guitar? <laughs> like what's going on? Like, I'd love to see um, him in that turtleneck just riffing out. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that it, it didn't do, um, was it, I don't feel like it musically, I don't feel like it established itself. Um, like most, 
of the first sort of you know I I, really? I didn't. So I was getting some really cool Western vibes throughout. Sure, I, that's but you I, know, and even the way he was jingling along, right, you know, right, as right, if right. he had spurs yeah. or something. I'm, you know, maybe it's too early. Maybe it's too early on, and I just haven't seen enough of it. I just I want I want a man I want a the Mandalorian theme. You know what I mean? Maybe not even like a theme song, but you know how Luke has his theme, Leia has her theme, Yoda has his theme. So he like, needs a theme. Darth Vader, yeah, it's like, Star Wars. He'll need a theme. Right? I agree there. And I I think uh, I'm. I'm intrigued by the music of it, but I think I was I was more hooked by by all the the little details that we're going to get into maybe in a few you know a few minutes. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, before we get into any um, just main spoiler details, we can and really break this thing down. Just overall thoughts with all the hype that we've had for this for months. Uh, did it live up to those expectations? Were you hoping for a little more? Are you excited going forward? I'm surprised at how short it was. That first thing. Uh, I was expecting at least like an, an hour. hour or an hour and 10 just to kind of really, yeah. really introduce you because especially for how clunky that I thought it felt with like sort of two tones to it, it kind of felt very compressed but, and it was like, hmm. but maybe they're banking on the fact that we're getting another episode in two or three days. We're going to get our second look at this, you know, yeah. and this is a TV show, not a movie. So we're mm-hmm. keeping it to, you know, regular dramas or 42 release, minutes. Their release schedule is, Weekly. they're doing... We get one on Friday, and then it's weekly from there. So we get oh, okay. episode two so get on this Friday. On Friday. Yes. Oh, why do I feel like it's a Friday today? I don't know why. It, 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 it feels is a like a Friday, weird. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's so we're getting another episode in just a few days. So maybe they were banking on that, not needing it to be so long yeah. because it's going to still be fresh in our heads right. in just yeah. a couple days. But in that case, too, if it is like a part one, part two, why not just put them both back to back, right? Like. I, I kind of like the idea of how Apple approached it, where they did like, here's a three episode primer, and now we're going to start going weekly. We got you hooked, right? And you could have done it with 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 Star Wars, and people would have been all over. Sure, that. but but you got to admit that the hook at the end of this episode is a bigger hook, arguably, than right. anything Apple TV. Plus, if sure. if people can't even load the surface today, I mean, maybe it's maybe for the it's giving that, them a chance. You know, sure, yeah, yeah, it's like a test for them as well, right? So, so I think it'll be a lot easier to sort of break down what we liked and what we were a little confused about, perhaps, or and and just everything about it if we go into full spoiler mode. Mm-hmm. Spoiler mode, you know, and lock your ears. It's gonna be horrible for them. And, and and I think the best place to start is the hook at the end of that episode. Oh, like, do we start there? The, or do we do we do we build up to it? Let's okay, build up. Start. Well, what oh, were no. some what were some of those little details you mentioned, Nate, that you liked throughout the episode? Sure. The opening with the helmets and the little Star Wars logo. Did okay. you catch yeah, that? Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, let's start. Really, let's yeah. start there because I I, I think. Would you call it again? What would you call that? It's an intro. It's a title slate. Okay. Title yeah. slate. So it's like almost like a production. So, title but is slate. that now what they use? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Shows. Like, so the thing is, is that because they're going to be in the Star Wars universe, I love that they kind of open with these, you know, lights, you know, flickering on top of these different helmets, the helmets that we've all recognized. It was we know, cool. And then it ends with just Star Wars. It's like you are in a Star Wars production. It's their version of the Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Logo, right, because exactly. I think the Lucasfilm logo for a lot of people. Yes, we know, right? But they're trying to cater to a, a, the next generation of Star Wars. Well, also, so them changing that up a little bit. They still had the Lucasfilm logo in there, I think, yes, right? Yeah. But then, oh, did they? I I didn't catch that. I'm pretty sure they did. Okay, we'll yeah. have to take a look. We'd have to. We'd have. I mean, to we're going to be watching it again and again. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be watching it at least two more times uh, <laughs> before Friday. Um, but but yeah, that that little intro tag. I think it'll be. I mean, they put that before Obi Wan, right? Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. they, we we might start seeing this. That's awesome. If you guys noticed, I don't know if you. When it does get to the actual title of the show, 
It just says the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It's not Star Wars, the Mandalorian, like like all the marketing has been doing. Right. The Star like Wars a Star Wars up. story. Right. Yeah. Exactly. This the Star Wars piece was set up right from the get go. We're in the world, and then we see him, and Mandalorian. Right. So I I loved how they how they've kind of. Uh, created a visual establishment of, of how we're getting into the Star Wars world. And is it maybe just for Disney Plus shows? Yeah, I think you or keep Or would we see film. this before episode well, nine? Who knows? I we, guess we'll, maybe we'll have we to wait and see. Maybe we won't see it before episode nine, but maybe moving forward, you know, as, as you know, they take Star Wars in a new direction, direction, both in the cinematic universe and on Disney Plus. This is almost that first step. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But it was definitely really cool. So uh, a couple of the things that I noted. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a winter planet in the movies. Uh, well, sorry, of course you've seen Hoth, but but like in terms of like this like desolate sort of winter. What about Force Awakens? Planet where, they, where the actual. Well, that's uh, just the Starkiller base, right? But it's a, it is a planet. Though. I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. under a planet. So. Well, I guess. I guess it just. I don't know. Something struck me about. We've never seen ice. It felt like. It felt like. <laughs> but it, it, I guess. No. That, I, that's I really. Don't, I don't agree with that statement at all, though. <laughs> no. I, it felt like. It felt like winter tattooing. You know what I mean? Like it felt like winter. Oh, it, like it, he it, goes it, into yes. a cantina yeah. um, at the beginning. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, whereas. Okay. So not so desolate. It's no, inhabited. Sure. Whereas but, Hoth but is not very by by different aliens and stuff. This is. Yeah. yeah I, I like that wintry tattooing. I just thought it was cool. I don't know. Um, snow tooing. Snow tooing. Snow tooing. Um, droids are Ubers. I thought that was great. That was that moment, fun, yeah. and he's like, "No droids." So clearly, he has some sort of uh, vendetta. I think a lot of humans do. Um, yeah, well, but he no. doesn't trust droids clearly. But then he yeah. clearly trusted. Well, I think that's kind of the nice part about it is when he does meet IG Eleven and they start fighting. He's like, you know, you're not as bad as I seem, or something like that. And right. I could really use your help right now. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, the the thing that I really enjoyed is how they established the timeline um, through the dialogue. I thought it was so it was so smart for them to just say like have that one blue alien is like, oh, I love your ship, man. It's a, it's like pre empire, you know, like like they they clearly are. Yeah are establishing that as well and then there's the currency exchange and he says you know these empire the, the empire's gone you mm-hmm. know these credits Absolutely. are no good right so you yeah. sort of those, establish those that small timeline nods really because i was wondering if it was going to be you know five years after the crumble of right. the empire at right. the beginning if we were yeah. going to get some sort of text on the right. screen right. and we really didn't No, so. i like i liked how they kind of just dropped you into it i really enjoyed in the ship when he called out the you know pre-empire ship because it like immediately it was so identifiable when it when they get to the ship i'm like is that is that from like the prequels? It's a cool, it's a cool sort of nod. Yeah. Um, they referenced uh, just a few things. They also referenced that I just want to bring up. Um, they referenced life day, which is from yes, the yes. Christmas special, which is great. Yeah. Cause his, cause his, his, um, you know, his look and his aesthetic with his gun is also, that's, that's what Boba Fett used in the Christmas special, right? The, the animated ver- part of it. So it was so cool to, to see this guy. Like I'm hoping to get back for life day with my family and, Oh, it was just so, it was so I, good. I think they're going to have so many opportunities to throw in little throwaway jokes like that yeah. where it's, it's not, it's not a movie that's got to take itself a little bit more seriously. Sure. I think they are going to have fun little opportunities like that. I mean, even having, uh, you know, somebody like Brian Posen mm-hmm. as the driver who replaces the, that's the who that was. Yeah, yeah. I was you know, trying to figure it out. I mean, I had to look up his look. name, but he's yeah. he definitely, and so he's if great. you get wonderful little 
you know, guys who are famous for TV shows yeah. here and there coming yeah. in for just yes. one scene roles. Yeah. I think they could have an absolute ball with what, that. What's so great too is Star Wars has such a appeal to to everyone who's in the acting business that they would just come in to be a stormtrooper. Yep. Yep. I'll, I'll, be, I'll fly halfway across look, the world. Look, yeah, at, you know, look at Simon Pegg, right? Like oh, yeah, he, he freaking sweat his face off in that Uncar plot, right? Yeah. So like, um, super cool. Um, I'm also really happy to see original trilogy Aliens. I mean, I feel like the the sequel trilogy has kind of moved away from that, right? We haven't really seen those guys in live action, aside from maybe a little bit in Rogue One, right? But like seeing Rodians, Ethorians, Trandoshans, Jawas, uh, the Kowakian monkey lizard being roasted over a spit, like that was awesome. And I think, and I think that's integral to establish ourselves as being in this the outer rim and being these are the these characters are the ones who are that scum and villainy that we that obi-wan referred to way back in the day right we are going to be dealing with those sort of less noble and prestigious aliens perhaps and yeah i i think what's really cool too is just the idea that you know you know when we were in chicago and favreau did the panel um he did mention you know the inspiration kind of spreading from all of it and to see in this one episode all the little nods to different things from prequels, from, you know, the original trilogy, um, be more the centerpiece than technically things from the new trilogy. I love that. I think it just helps bring in this timeline that much more. Yeah, I um, I think, you know, it's it's cool that they're, that again, these one-off lines are re-canonizing, if you will, some of the stuff from the Legends books um, that, I mean, I've never really read the books, but I've I've heard of a lot of the the lore from them and kind of how they continued Luke's story and how they did all this other stuff. So um, to hear about like that one line, um, just re- I think uh, Nick Nolte's character, Quill, um, the Ugnaught, uh, I think he references at one point, he's like, you you Mandalorians were famous for uh, riding mythosaurs. Um, and mythosaurs literally just been something we've only ever heard of. It's the uh, symbol that is like the Mandalorian symbol, right? Okay, very cool. So to hear that they've, they're now like saying like, cool, that's no longer just a name of a thing that you're reading on a Wikipedia page. It's actually in canon. Like, that's so cool to me. Like, I, I just, I, I, I'm blown away by, by how willing they are to, they're doing exactly what I want. They, they're making it weird. They're pulling in weird stuff. And it was funny because in the opening, one of the opening scenes, you see him walking um, and, you, you know, you got that ball um, eye thing that comes out. It's like from Jabba's palace, from Jabba's yeah. palace. Right. But then you see a gonk droid, like walking him through the hallway. And I was thinking in that moment, I'm like, you know what, if, if this was brand new, and nobody had ever seen this before. How ridiculous <laughs> does this all look, <laughs> you know, to the average going audience? So it's like, it's just, it's just cool that we can see all this and think it's, you sh- you it's sh- so epic. You should take that time machine that you have back to 1977 <laughs> and watch Star Wars because it was the exact same thing. Yes, but weirdness. I, yes, and I think that that's one thing to establish in a movie. But here you are with a TV show. Mm-hmm. And I think that while fans will love recognizing those little things, People who are maybe more casual Star Wars fans might not recognize why those things are cool, and but it will. Important. But they might even subconsciously identify with the characters and go, "Oh, that's very Star Wars," right. without realizing that, "Oh, right. that's from Jabba's palace yes. and all those mm-hmm. little things." Yes. So they they're gonna have they're gonna get to do all of those things, you know, for for the different types of audiences that I'm will be tuning to into. See what this. my dad thinks of it. You know, like, cause he, he's very much original trilogy. He's watched the prequels with me. He's watched the, the new ones with me. But like, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see his take on it. 
Um, I, I mean, I think I'll love it, but, uh, it would, but yeah. that would be like my mom who, you know, does the marathons and, yeah. and likes the movies and whatnot, but isn't on Wikipedia at two in the morning going, who was that character and what did he do again? Right. Yeah. You know, so I think it'll, it's just going to reach out to a lot of people, I think. Cool. And I think they did a great job in that sense in giving us an explanation as to who this character is, or at least what he's doing, mm. you know, okay, they've got bounty pucks and tracking beacons and he goes out and he hunts people for money and throws them in carbonite and collects his reward and there you go yeah in identifying these bounty pucks and we get to see the carbonite slates and that sort of thing and we just sort of get it yeah i think it you know I, me mentioning all these references and understanding them i still think there's going to be stuff though that is going to be it's just going to be interesting how they balance that because now you bring up the i didn't even think of it of a standard going audience but like talking about like um beskar um did did either of you recognize what Beskar was? No, no. When did they bring that up? Right. So, so, and I'm not saying you're not into Star Wars. I'm just saying, like, if you're not watching the the Clone Wars and you're not reading the books, and even I had to look up exactly what this, what the significance of the, um, um, he's he's paid with a, a piece of Beskar, uh, which is basically a Mandalorian iron. Um, that is from the planet of Mandalore. And and even Werner Herzog's character says, like, it's better that it's in your hands now. Um, and, and he takes it back to that metalsmith, which, by the way, I was super... I, did, I had no idea we were going to see other uh, Mandalorians in this yeah, show. That was, that was and just so commonly. Like, yeah. it wasn't even... It was just... They, they all had there. families. There was, like, a kid with the, bo- with, with the Mandalorian helmet. It was there great. was, like, families... It's very interesting. The, the helmet on that Mandalorian in the um, the metal in, in the metal smith shop. Yeah. It was a very like Roman gladiator style. It was, so it was, cool. it was really cool. I can't wait to see the but cosplay. So, but so I did want to ask: Is he assembly like? Is she assembling him a, an outfit made out of this stuff piece, piece by piece. piece? Yes. And so one of the big things with that armor, with Beskar armor, is that it's known to deflect lightsabers. So that gets me kind of stoked because I feel like maybe we maybe we get a stinger where we get to meet a couple of Jedi. At some point, but what Jedi? Exactly. Where they? Where who where are, are left they? Well, at this and, point in but, our story? But how cool is it that this lines up? We're going to be talking about. Uh, I guess probably. I guess it'll be after Friday when we talk about the next episode. But uh, I'm also going to bring up uh, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which falls kind of. Is it not within the same timeline? I would imagine. So. Oh no! Wait, it's no. Sorry, Fallen Order takes place just after Episode uh, Three. So it, it wouldn't fall within that same timeline. But again, it's kind of bringing up that same idea of like, will there be a Jedi, right? Yeah, I think I think the the consensus here with what they're doing is steer clear of Jedi's. Like, I'm Jedi's, perfectly fine if I'm they fine stay that. away from the Force and Jedi's in general, exactly. and yeah. let's see the the other inhabitants of this enormous yeah, galaxy exactly you know? and and that's what the focus should be for this we we don't need to bring in jedis like if, if you like want that. mythology and and sort of the mystical stuff i think you like you mentioned earlier with the mythosaur and what like let's get into the the mandalorian stuff that's mm. far more interesting you know if if, if i'm ever going to see a character from that original trilogy mm-hmm. it's not a jedi that i want to see right eventually yeah you know okay. it's both. It's another man, in and yeah. in, 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 it's a different Mandalorian, if you will. I so, think that would be really cool. In terms of uh, things that we – do we want to maybe talk about things we didn't we didn't like or do you have – you know? Well, I, I, I could – I going with what I my first initial reaction, how I think it felt clunky, uh, clunky I think I can now expand on that. Um, you know, the, the first part of the episode, probably the first 15 minutes, I would say, felt very much like 
a very cowboy western star wars bounty hunter movie or or show it had mm. those elements it was very you know slow pace it was very you know mysterious there there was a bit of darkness it's gritty gritty it felt it gets chopped in half yeah it, and it and it and you know seedy like that underworld like you know you you're, you're just intrigued by it and then he obviously goes meets up with uh ig11 um, and we get uh you know a really cool and I loved it. Old Western gunfight. Like, they were literally shooting guys oh, off yeah. the roof mm-hmm. like in an old mm-hmm. Western, Western, you know? But what I, what stood out to me was that sort of comedic banter. And, and that goes back to what I was saying before, where the first part of the episode, he was very, like, very reserved. He didn't say much unless he really had to in those, like, interactions where he's getting new business, if you will. And, you know, with the metalsmith. Um, but... It was so funny in that sequence with with IG Eleven how he was like bantering and they had like he had, he suddenly started showing personality. It was almost very jarring to see like that. It was, but I, I'm, it was I'm interested. Jar jarring. Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't resist. I, I don't want to say that it's a negative. I just think that again, going back to the idea that it, it felt like two different kinds. But of I, but I wonder if now together. now that you know what to expect because that was a, a big yeah. thing not knowing what to expect. I wonder if knowing what to expect and going back and watching again if it won't feel a bit more like it was a progressive cohesive yeah. sort well, of. Yeah. Even now you're just saying like western 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 and my initial uh experience with the blurg scene like when he gets attacked by those blurgs I thought that was super cool. But then the moment the quill. Um, picks him up and he's he's kind of almost like wrangling a, a blurg. I would, I I don't know. I didn't really. It was just something that I felt in the moment would work better in an animation, in animated form. Mm. Um, in a in a slightly more more. It just felt uh, it just felt a little bit too um immature for for what they were well, going and that, for. And that whole scene almost felt way too rushed. Yeah, right. He lands on the planet. And he gets attacked, which yes. made him look weak. Yeah, he got outsmarted by these stupid things and was <laughs> literally going to die if it weren't for the help of this other character. Yeah. And then four minutes later, they've ridden off. They're on the mission. He doesn't care what the mission is. I'm going to help you. Right. They drop them off and it, the scene's over and the character's and gone. And so I think and that's was, what you meant by clunky. Yeah. yeah, it just, that was very like just serviceable to the story. You could have added five minutes to that scene, expanded on the character. Of why? Quill. Yes. Yeah. Why he was there, why he was so willing to just instantly help this Mandalorian. Because he was fascinated by him, clearly. His little monologue at the end, I think, could have been expanded into more rather than the trying to ride the blur. And I think they could have done it without giving away the big twist at the end and why they were there and what was going on. But yeah, I just felt that scene was really rushed. That was like four minutes long between getting attacked, getting saved, learning how to ride, riding, and moving on. And again, this is why I think that this episode could have been a little bit longer. Yeah. And and it afforded us to at least flush out some of this and so that it felt a little bit more transitional and not so rushed and smashed together. Just to really close out that point, I think it almost made the scene feel unnecessary, even though it was quite integral, I think, to the development of the story and where it ended up going. So yeah. That would probably be my least favorite part of it all. Mm-hmm. I think um, we can all agree that that yeah. was the kind of the weak, weak, weak part. It was almost like, wow, oh, we'd really like to work with Nick Nolte, but you know, only for five minutes. Yeah, well, it was very underwhelming. And are we going to – see, this is the other thing too though, um, and we'll get to this, the big reveal, but you know, with, with his character, is it – we talked about Monster of the Week. Is this going to be, yes, a through line with the Mandalorian and with maybe Warner Herzog's character, but then – Maybe these side characters are, you know, one and dones for this at least this first season. I don't think we're going to see him. We don't again. see Quill again. I don't think we'll see. Maybe Quill again. he's on that. Like again, with the reveal coming, just makes me so us. sad. Something tells me the reveal is where this story is going to go. Yeah, and so instead of just being a show about a bounty hunter collecting bounties, I mm-hmm. think it will have far more to do with 
what happens at the end of the episode and let's where just, that goes. So can we get into it? it? Yeah. Yoda's back. Right? <laughs> See, not, he, not quite. He, no, well, he used de-aging technology. That's they've, It's all the rage now. No, no, no. That's not Yoda. Can we just quickly, before we get into even further, IG-11, uh, I thought I thought it was was great. I did think it was the... It wasn't the Taika Waititi that I was expecting, though. Oh, yeah, but, but it was so Taika still. Yeah. yeah. He was so, like, it was, he, he was he saying standard, so well. He was saying standard droid lines, and he still but had it accent. was still amazing and funny. Like, I, I love, though, because I whenever... Before, when I saw IG-11, uh, or sorry, IG-88, I was always confused seeing IG-88 and thinking, like, there's no way that robot can fight. Like, how does that work? Like, and he's then just like a technology allowed them to <sighs> CGI him into a it was badass death, killing machine. Death machine. It, it was, was great. Oh, so cool. When he's spinning around and everything. Um, I hope, I hope he comes back. Well, sorry, we'll get to that. The Mandalorian, I thought finally shows us his, his, you know, gusto, his gusto. Yeah. Right. I, I was waiting. I was that. like, this guy hasn't really done anything yeah. yet. And then he jumps on the big cannon gun, oh, so knocks good. him off in a really cool scene. Yeah. It kills all the bad guys. And they, Make their way towards this uh, bounty, mm-hmm. and they approach the a small moves. little pod. You know, pod. Now, pod. If I if I remember correctly, it 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 looked and this I don't know. It looked a little Caminoian, didn't you think? It was a little. Ooh, didn't you think it looked interesting? Ooh, I do it now. A little bit, right? I do it looked now. a little bit. Uh, it looked, looked a little bit too clean. It was very white. So, but in which case, where maybe Yoda is back. <laughs> you know that's actually so they very open, interesting so they open it up and it's you see two green ears and then it's a little baby whatever yoda is yoda which we species. don't know yet the yoda species, species. Is, is just known in the in right all Star in legends Wars. they've they they sort of they sort of went into it but, but that's been wiped yep in canon it's yoda species wow. that's all we know wow i was I, it's I was so very interesting and i think even <sighs> just nate bringing up the fact that, that pod is camino that makes perfect sense that'd be very he interesting was, he was there he was on the planet yeah. in episode two he does go to um he goes to camino to right to so maybe they got the, a piece of his oversee. dna then yep very interesting there's there's our i hope theory. there's a way to explain that without having to give us a really big lucid flashback or something yeah. like that to really explain it if you know it'll be interesting i i think the the weird part though is um, this is all taking place before episode seven. So it's it's just, I guess the, the it's kind of, for me, it also might have that Rogue One effect of like, well, what, what where did these characters go? Like if they don't, if they're not impactful enough, I like, I think my, the, the explanation, as long as the explanation is like, this is so far on the other side of the galaxy, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with these characters enough to make them important, but not, but still balance that with making them so that it doesn't matter that they're in seven, eight and nine, you know what I mean? Or maybe no, they I, are I in nine. I mean. It's like, it's like if Yoda is alive and this is to take place before episode yeah. seven, well then where's Yoda in these movies? Right. Yeah. And like, why is but Yoda again, they're far away. Movie? Yeah. You How know? cool. Although I'm just thinking now, like back in my brain, like <laughs> the whole, um, uh, rip, you know, rebellion assemble scene. Uh, do we see, do we see the Mandalorian in his ship, you know, in and, that and scene? And it's perfectly so, feasible. So hell-bent on that. I, I, just, I, I feel that like, would be so cool. Well, that's perfectly feasible. Let's get everyone in. If, if this is yeah, 25, 25 30 years before, you know. Maybe, yeah. but I, I don't think it's necessary. Like, this is Skywalker, right? Like, that's sure, Skywalker. But, so. but I'm wondering how significant this Yoda species character is going to be, yeah. how important the story around him is going to be. Yeah. And if this is not sort of the most important thing going on in Star Wars, 
Right. Never mind, uh, you know, a few Skywalkers squabbling over a, a few decades. What if this is what it's all yeah. about? This is the ultimate, you know. You have to imagine that they that you know Disney's super smart and how they how they connect all these worlds together. So yes, you're right. The Skywalker saga. I agree with you. It will be the Skywalker saga, and it'll be a Skywalker movie. But but I think just in terms of you know working these, we still have more seasons. There's they've already signed on for a season two. Um, of of the Mandalorian, right? We've got more of this story after we see episode nine. So so they're going to need to find a way to make us say, cool, now that I've seen episode nine, there's still a reason to care about what's going on with these characters. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that. I think, I think you're more likely to see all of the sort of nuances of what's been captured in in the animated series and, and, and those characters make an appearance in something like the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Or that's cool. You know what I mean? Rather than in this in episode nine, in my opinion, I just feel like to keep the focus. You know, it's not up to JJ to just like cram every Star yeah, Wars no, reference I'm that's not, happened. I'm before. not sure anything we're watching now will be in episode no, nine. Sure. I don't think it. I, I don't, don't think, think it, it should to, be. And, and it doesn't it, need to be. But yeah. what if they're setting up for what comes next? Right. Because if let's say our Mandalorian character is thirty years old, mm-hmm. and we're gonna wait, and the Skywalker saga resolves itself and then we can carry on is it saga or saga i know Sorry. yeah 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 no. we gotta always rag on <laughs> Sorry, me go ahead. um but the saga the saga saga okay so Sonic the saga, saga of skywalker will end but you know we know that yeah the the the, the character of yoda species will live for 800 years and mm-hmm. so another 30 years another 30 years this thing's still going to be a kid right essentially mm, yeah with maybe a grizzled older Mandalorian who's been hiding out and protecting him for 30 years. And maybe so we, cool. you know, Let's see the comic covers. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm very interested to see where this how significant if it was just a cool reveal yeah. that doesn't really pan out or if this is just the beginning of, so. of this story, because well, that'd be very I, cool. I think it's very evident that if you put that at the end of your first episode, right. it's got to mean something. It's got to mean something. It's, it's like, here is what this, series is going to be about again i do i really do think this is going to be the go the going forward storyline yeah yeah he's gonna because he has some sort of relationship with this little thing already right you Mm -hmm. know because we got the brief flashbacks from himself when when the other mandalorian was banging on the armor Mm -hmm. and we see you know he explains how he was what was a foundling foundling. yeah and now he's considering this to be the same thing right it's just i the just Literally, though, if they had made it any other creature, it would not have been nearly as impactful. The fact that it's a, a Yoda, and like that's just I oh. loved how I loved how they introduced it. You know, like it was covered in the blankets, and then it's kind of out of focus, and then the focus just comes in, and you realize, oh my god, that's that's like I know Yoda those species. ears, yeah, I know those ears, yeah, exactly. So I thought it was a very nice sort of soft reveal because, like, even when we saw it and we were watching it together, Nate's like, what? Um, so with Mandalorian uh, uh, giving us a new episode on Friday and then every Friday after that there's obviously going to be a lot more to talk about and we can do that a little bit on each show maybe if we want just to sort of share our thoughts but let's sum up our thoughts on this first episode were we excited did it live up to the hype everything yeah so for me this this first go uh, unlike other Star Wars things that I've enjoyed this didn't exceed my expectations but it did meet them which I'm happy about. Like I, 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 the ending probably <laughs> for me, um, the twist at the end pushed me over the edge of excitement for where this story goes, and and these conversations we're having are are making me more excited about than than the actual first. I think 
first half of that episode. Um, So I would give this first episode, um, I would give it mm, eight mythosaurs out of 10. You know, to Nate's point, I think the conversation that the episode kind of sparks is what I love about Star Wars. You know, I love watching the stuff and and, and get and digesting this new universe or, or aspects of this universe that we're so familiar with. But it's the conversations that happen after that I'm really loving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always have. So I think to Nate's point, I kind of feel the exact same way. It, it, it didn't necessarily exceed my expectations. Mm-hmm. It met my expectations. I have a little problems with the story structure, but I, I would I'd give it a solid seven mythosaurs out of ten. Yeah, very nice. I think I think for a first episode, it did a great job of sort of establishing the world that we're in. Uh, the character we're going to be dealing with. I can't wait to get to know him more, mm-hmm. really specifically. And uh, I think the show did a great job of, of you know, making me go, oh, I could get into this and see where it goes. But that ending really just launched that into a whole new stratosphere of, I'm glad that they're not giving us all of this in one j- big, you know, sort of dump. Because I think, <laughs> isn't that what they call it? They dump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big dump. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's good that they're not giving it to us all at once because I think we would have instantly gone next episode, yeah. clicked into it and not gotten a few days to sort of oh, really go, wow, true. what a cool twist. That was yeah. awesome. But we only have to wait two or three more days until the next episode. Yeah. Um, so I look forward to that and can't wait to see where they're going. With How this. many mythosaurs out of 10? I will give this a solid 8.1 out of 10. 8.1 mythosaurs out of 10. So okay. I don't know what happened to the one mythosaur that yeah. there's only point one of them yeah, left. The point but one must be like its tail. It's Or it's the one that's like the skeleton, you know. Okay. But there was also so much more that came our way from Disney Plus. So why don't we kind of quickly talk about that? Because unlike Apple Plus with three shows and a few episodes of each, this was 50 or 60 years of Disney goodness thrown at us all at once. We're getting vault stuff. Mm -hmm. We're getting old TV shows. We're getting, uh, you know, original original series. Just boom, 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 boom. What are some of the things we're uh, excited to explore as we go forward here? Well, do we have? I guess we're, this is gonna be a four-hour podcast, right? Are we okay if I go on for another three? I think we can well, handle three hours. I'm gonna wrestle. I'm gonna wrangle you we, in like a like a mythosaur just, here. And, uh, and, why don't we or really, a blurg? Yes. <laughs> why do we go on the sentiment of, you know, uh, encouraging our our listeners to check out some of the well? The because stuff Justin, that if I'm not mistaken, you haven't had a chance to get into any of the content yet, right? Not the original uh, stuff, but I've I actually started getting into like old cartoons. Cool. Um, okay. So I'm I'm definitely a fan. Like I watched uh, the first episode of the old Spider Man from the uh, '90s. Ooh, Loved that. There's show. like five different Spider Man. I know. There's so many different. But is shows. that Spider Man yeah, on there? Yeah. I was I was fun to see that the X Men cartoon yeah, was there. So Nate generation. and I watched the yeah. first episode yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so the Spider Man one is yep. there, which is better show in my opinion or different at least yep yep I, I think i might have gravitated more towards that one growing up so yep. that'll be fun to check out but man darkwing duck uh yeah. goof troop you know mm-hmm. uh, gargoyles Spins, gargoyles yeah like all of the stuff like as a child i absolutely loved and would, so would do you think going forward that's what you're gonna really sink your teeth into well, first well i know i know the original content there's some stuff that i know nathaniel here will will get into <laughs> but there's some stuff on the original content side 150 percent. i want to watch uh, as soon as i can i've i've my main goal today was to really just kind of get a taste of it all of the simpsons my god yeah <sighs> every all, th- I, all when I went 30 to the, seasons yeah when i went to the 30. season thing and i was like scrolling it's like whoa oh, yeah, it goes oh, yeah. forever so like that's well week, over 600 episodes right there right yes. and like just to have access to all of that it's it's awesome it's it's so good it's what it's what i've always like you know i'm sitting there i want to watch an episode i think some simpsons. people 
around the world are going to get fired over the next couple of weeks because this is going to be an addiction. They're going to they're just going to get sucked in <laughs> oh, down dude, a vortex. I've already had like of, six people message me like, I'm not leaving my house. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Can it snow more, yeah. please? People are people are randomly going to be <laughs> sick a lot day. over the next few yeah. days. Yeah, it's I think. Day. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to. Yeah, it's too dangerous to go to work. I can't, yeah, absolutely. Can't do it. I'll just, but there's so much that is, you know as you described, a very large dump of content accessible to us. Um, so it's it's very interesting. I'm trying to just watch, because I know the system was probably going to be overloaded and there were going to be these little like hiccups, if you will. I kind of eased myself into it. I haven't like just done a full dive, but the first thing I want to watch is uh, Behind the Imagineers. And so now, Nate, I know mm-hmm. you have been watching and watching and watching stuff all day since they went live. Yeah, 6 a.m. Uh, yeah, okay, so uh, which is awesome. I woke up at 6. I couldn't, I wasn't able to fall back asleep and I just literally, was like, yeah, I'll just see if it's there. And it worked flawlessly. That'd be I a great time it. to do it. 6 a.m. Eastern nobody Standard. Knew, nobody knew it was there because I think And most people was, would be I sleeping. Was up, I was up too. Though. Yeah, yeah, I think, but I think a lot of people were like expecting 9, right? So I was, I got in there. Um, everything loaded perfectly. The first thing I tapped on was Steamboat Willie because um, it's one of those things where um, you know, that's the, that's like one of the original Mickey cartoons for anyone who doesn't know that. But, um, but no, I, you know, I, I tapped on that cause it's one of those things that I've never seen the whole thing. It was just, I've, I've seen like that one moment, right. Where he's whistling on the boat and turns the wheel and that's about it. So I watched that really interesting. Um, it doesn't hold up as far as it's like, it's timing, like it's timeliness. Um, it's classic. It's cool to see where, where Mickey came from, but yeah. Um, check it out. There's just some weird things with animals in that one. Um, (laughs) um, yeah. So I, I think the first thing that anyone should watch, um, definitely watch one of your favorite childhood things, but, but if you've got an hour to spare, hop into the Imagineering story. Um, this is narrated by Angela Bassett. Um, and if you're a fan of Disney, like you, you have to, watch this docu-series I'm so excited for it it's, i'm very very excited it, for that one it's so cool like i'm I just even what's look, the title uh so it's called the imagineering story okay cool yeah i thought it was behind the imagineer yeah it's 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 a it, well it, i mean it is right but like it's um it's just so cool like it, just even the little details so uh, for those who don't know like disneyland opened july 17th 1955 and uh and in two months they got their millionth visitor and this is after like critics were like panning the park like it's not it's it's terrible it's never going to do well and i love like seeing because you 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 know disney right disney is so perfect now right but seeing the beginnings of it and seeing where they started from and seeing them list off all the different cracks in the you know in the in the in the pavement so to speak right um just wait till you hear some of the things they talk about on opening day and it's gonna be like like it blows your mind. Um, we, we get a, uh, without spoiling anything, really, we do get a tour of inside the Matterhorn from the guy who designed it, uh, oh, which, that's very cool. which is really, really awesome. And I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a very touching moment that, that brought a tear to my eye, uh, with that. So, um, it's just, it's amazing to see how every detail of that physical space goes towards telling stories, every color, every texture, smell, even down to like the minute details of how the architecture is laid out. Yeah, it's, it's it, an experience. It's a, it, but it tells a narrative. Yeah, no. It, it tells it, a story. I, I love that Disney's looking inward yeah. for creating some of this content. And, you know, to do something like this is absolutely amazing. Just to give you the insight as to like the craft, the care, yeah. the ability of looking at each person that gets on that ride or experiences that ride, how they interact with it. It's It's such a, there's a passion there. There's a love there that each each person kind of devotes. So to see that, to hear about what this is all about, it's like, I'm, I'm really excited because I, I know Walt died 
pretty mm-hmm. early into the realization of all of these things. It was just before World was. Yeah, he never being got to experience Disney World, yeah. um, but that was him taking Disneyland and going. But what if I literally made this world instead of just one park? And and what he did do before he went was set up a team and a vision for that team. Yep. To bring his all of these things he thought of that most people would have said that's not possible. They've brought that vision of his to life. And, and they still are, are taking ideas that he had 50 years ago sure. and making them a reality now. And Values. so I'm, I, I think it's going to be pretty incredible to see the the behind the scenes stories yeah. of what these people do to to bring a one of a kind experience to life. Yeah. And, and you know, say what you will about Walt Disney, but. But it just gives you such a greater appreciation for that. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, it's There is a whole tour dedicated to that sort of thing. But uh, this is kind of a, a less expensive way to enjoy that. Um, <laughs> I also checked out uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. I'm excited for this one it's as well. It's so yeah, good. You've made that sound great, so too. So I'll just give you my very mini review. So it's Jeff Goldblum. Uh, in the first episode, he takes a deep dive into the world that like I've often thought about um, as a collector, which is sneaker culture. And so, you know, he's just so quirky and so charming. Um, the whole show, it, like the episode at least, reminded me of the kind of thing you would put on TV and sort of sink into without actually planning on doing that. You know, back when, remember back when like channels, I know you still channel surf, Kevin, because you're old, but like um, when channel surfing was a thing, right? Like it, it was, uh, it was to say the least, it was, it was delightful. So definitely watch that show if you, if you're a fan of Jeff Goldblum or just learning in general. We also we all got a chance to watch um, Forky asks a question, but just before we get to that, um, I watched Float, which is just a seven minute Pixar short. Um, it's part of their Spark shorts, uh, short films, where they kind of um, will bring in other other uh, creators and, and writers that, that aren't within their own team and work to create a short. And it's just about living with a child who is different in some way. Um, it it made me cry. Uh, and it, it works on so many le- levels to kind of explore, you know, that topic that everyone, everyone probably goes through these days, um, which just what it's like to have someone in your family who doesn't fit the world around them. Right. And, and how to embrace that difference. Oh man, that'd be such a great opportunity for geek centric to do a Disney short with them. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting that you say that because Forky asked a question kind of reminded me of something we would do. No, that's what I thought. That, well, I mean, that's what we're always trying to do is make our content reflect whatever it is we're paying tribute to. And right. Toy Story has been doing these little short films forever. Right. You know, ever since the first Toy Story, they've been releasing these little short films. And ours very much was intended to be a little four or five minute short film. Forky's definitely felt exactly like that kind yeah. of vibe we were going for. Three minutes for. long. But I think it's going to be fun. I think he'll interact with a different character each week. And a lesson and will be coming. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun show. That's I think Forky's learning. You know, I think it's definitely for kids, but it also mm-hmm. had a few little inside jokes that that were perfectly fine for an adult. When he looks at the coin and it's like, oh, what a lovely lady. Like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah I, think, I think that'll be a fun little show. And again, easy, easy little... I think they're brilliant if they're going to be doing full-length shows and documentary series yeah. and movies and three-minute snackable content, right, sure. where you don't have to spend 40 minutes to, to appreciate something quickly. And I, I just think this is opening up a world of exploration that will be time-consuming, to say the very least. <laughs> I think there are dozens and dozens and dozens of things I want to watch, be it old movies, be it old cartoon shows, original content. I think we are going to be consumed with Disney+. Plus. For a very long time, everybody. And so uh, it should be fun to hear about those on Watcha in, in upcoming episodes. I'm yeah. sure a lot of it I think, will... I think what we can do is definitely um, for Watch Club, 
I think we might go forward with just for the foreseeable future. Uh, it'll be the Mandalorian. Yeah, I and think I think we'll keep it a bit shorter, right? Yep, Our just sort of thoughts on the episode, mm-hmm. and just sort of we'll give our week to week review Score. right through uh, to the end of December because yep. uh, it's going straight uh, from Friday onwards to the end of the year. So, and just for our listeners, we're gonna we're probably gonna position the Watch Club um, at the end of every episode, like we have in the past. Um, so, you know, if you're not following the Mandalorian, which like Come on, watch the Mandalorian. Follow the Mandalorian, right? Sure. But if you're not following the Mandalorian, um, that's totally understandable. But you know, you can kind of end your your listen at that point if you want to. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm so so jacked. You can hit us up at uh, wearegeekcentric at gmail Let us know your thoughts and what you think of this great new show. Yeah, if you have any uh, other recommendations from the service that you want to watch, if you have like what have what have you been watching? What's the first thing you do want to watch? What have you been able to watch Disney anything? Cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Has the streaming been a problem? Yeah, For yeah. us, it seemed to work pretty well. I'm getting very hit and miss yeah. reviews from people in terms of how the streaming quality and everything so yeah. far. But right in, I think that's up. to be expected. Yeah, hit us up. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I think I think I read somewhere that they had three percent of Netflix's overall subscriber rate pre-subscribed to the service. Oh wow. Uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean that's pre-subscribed. How many no, people bought it today? Yeah, that's a, you know, so I, mean, I think, uh, and they said, I think they've released statements apologizing, saying we are overwhelmed. So even Disney is getting more traction and more hits and more everything than they were expecting. So, um, but they've got shows lined up on this service for the next few years already. So I think uh, we're just getting started on the original content and everything that's going to be up there. So it I should can't be a fun- wait to see Yoda grow up. yes but until then we will save our thoughts and everything until the next episode um i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode uh Mm -hmm. i i uh, did my best to bring a a a different feel to it but uh, i think next week Mm -hmm. we go back to the pro himself nate and uh and 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 gain some some familiarity there but it was (laughs) definitely a lot of fun i loved sitting on this side of the mic and and asking you guys the questions for a change and hope to do it again in the future absolutely um thank you for giving me such a uh, packed week to to sort of you know <laughs> sink my teeth into that made it a lot I just easier. Didn't and, do it. <laughs> yeah, just, I just I just he's, he's been too busy watching. I wanted stuff to spend all day watching. Yeah, there was you know my plan all along. Uh, but until next week, we are geek centric, and you can be too, which means you can check us out on YouTube at youtubecom geekcentric Follow us on Twitter at geekcentricyt, and follow us on Instagram at we are geekcentric. Justin, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Thank you. May the force be with you. All right. And as we say, love ya. Peace. Get home safe, guys.